How many know what day it is today? It's the second, but it's, what day is it today? Provision of the house. Amen? And it's also Sarah Smith's birthday. Oh, no. <laughs> she wouldn't like that, and she, you know, I just, I saw her sitting over there, and I just knew it was her birthday, and so I thought I'd throw that in there. <clears throat> anyway, um, it's provision of the house Sunday. Amen? And we've been talking for not just this month, but the previous month about church and what God is building and the understanding of the benefits of supporting the house and serving the house. And last week, um, last Sunday, I mentioned to you that there are three families in the church. There are three families that make up the church. And, And the first one is the church family. The second one, I, I, I said it one way last week, but I'm, I'm doing it a little different this week. The second one is the serving family. And the third one is the giving family. And uh, the church family cannot exist without the serving family and the giving family. They, they go together. They, they, they intertwine. They, they connect together, and they can't function. The church family cannot function without the other two. So, as part of the church family and part of what God is building, God desires for all people that are part of what he's building in the earth to be a part of all three families. It, it, it's, it's not enough just to, to show up in a place that you think is the church. Because we're, we're, we're not just a public interest or assembly group here. We're not just somebody that are, some group of people that are meeting because we have nothing better to do. We're gathering together as the church in a, in a specific building that becomes the place where the church meets, right? And Jesus said, I will build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. Jesus is building his church. We have to be involved and in the middle of what he's building. And what, he's, what he wants is, is the last thing that he said before he departed, and that was to make disciples of all people. He said, immerse them in the revelation of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Let people know who Father is and who the Son is and was, who he was but who he is today, and who the person of the Holy Spirit is that lives inside of each of us. He's alive and well in us. Okay? So... This first family, and, and today my message is centered around these three families. And this first family, that is the church family, is, and, and, and what, what I'm doing today is reviewing what we've talked about pretty much over the last two months, because it's coming together today in our last message on provision for the house, and then really hearing each one of us from God what God would have us to give or to sow in, into the provision of the house offering. And so I, I want to remind you of a number of things that I've said over the last couple of months, and then give you a couple things that I think are key to really believing. Because You know, I've said this, if I've said this once, I don't know how many times I've said this, 
that you can hear me say something, but if you don't believe it, there won't be change. Because if you're taking notes, write this down. Believing always changes attitude, and it always changes a person's expectation when you believe something. And what it creates is obedience. When you believe, because to believe is to be convinced, absolutely. I heard a guy years ago define believing as, and it was a movie from the 70s, The Karate Kid. And uh, Mr. Miyagi taught the little kid, Dan, yeah, Danielson, yeah, that's who it was. He taught him how to, he taught him karate, and, he, and, and one of the things he had to do was to wax on and wax off on his cars. Wax on and wax, and he said, well, you know, what, what is that doing? He said, it, it's getting you in a place where you believe in certain moves that you have to make. And, and so believing is waxing on and waxing in and pressing in to what you really believe, and then nobody can talk you out of it. That's what believing is. When you believe something, nobody can talk you out of it. You can have a hundred people lined up with scriptures trying to convince you that it's not true, but when you believe it, they can't change your mind. You understand? Because you know that you know that it's right. Because it's been established on the inside of you. So, believing changes attitude, it changes expectation, and in the changing of the expectation, it creates this desire to follow through, to be obedient, to obey the voice of God. Amen? So, last week I talked about a couple things regarding the church, and throughout the last couple of months we've talked about that Old Testament, that the church was the house of God, and God's eyes were on it, and his heart was in it forever. In 1 Kings, I think it's chapter 8, it says God's eyes are on his house, his heart is in his house forever. And Jesus said, I'm building my church, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. First Timothy 3.15 says that the house, now in the New Testament, in the world that we're living in, the house is the church, the pillar of truth. It's where the truth is, is, is preached. It's the pillar of truth. And I made this statement last week that I think you need to hear again, and you need to meditate on this. Because... Throughout the last couple of months, and I mean, all the time we've been here, we've taught on the church, but especially in the last couple of months, we've really emphasized this. God really spoke to me the importance of emphasizing the church and connection and why it's so important. And we've talked, we've talked about a number of different scriptures that say when you're planted in the house, you'll flourish in the courts. And there's a number of scriptures that say similar things. And in the natural it doesn't necessarily make sense to dedicate myself to something that is not all about me. 
It doesn't make sense to do that. Yeah, but, you know, I have my business and I have my career or I have my job or I have my family or I have this or that or whatever. So why would I dedicate myself to something that is not all centered around me? And if you've been in the church at all, that's what you've learned is to die to self and take up his cross and follow after what he's building. And he said, if you'll build my house and you'll strengthen my house and you'll serve in my house and you'll give into my house then I'll be a part of yours. There's an exchange that's involved. But you have to believe that so that your actions follow. See, no more of the days of dragging somebody to do something and pulling their arm and making them do something that that's not what they want to do. No, when you believe it, actions will follow. You'll obey. Because you know it's the will of God. Not the will of the pastor or somebody just trying to get you to do something. But it's the will of God. See, and when we understand, when, when we come to that place, not, not of understanding, but of believing. I mean, this truth is so, even though it may not make total sense, it's absolutely so because he said it. When you're planted in the house, you'll flourish in everything else you do. See, and, you know, I have a, I have a phone right here that I use and have the benefits of this phone. I can do all kinds of things with this phone. You know, I, I have, I used to be, I used to be a, a legal pad writer. And in my old office, I've got stacks. I mean, literally, I have stacks of yellow legal pads with notes and all kinds of things that I organized my whole world in life on these legal pads. Well, I have that and more in this phone. I don't know how, but it's definitely, the fact that I don't know how I have that, it is definitely not keeping me from benefiting from this phone. How many know, it's, it's a whole lot easier to store those legal pads in here than it is trying to find cabinets to put them in. I don't understand it. In fact, every day, something else pops up about here I didn't understand. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> and then I get somebody that's smarter than me, and they tell me how to do something even more. Oh, I didn't know I could do that, but now I can do that. See, I don't understand it. I just believe that this phone can do everything it says it can do. And the more I read, and the more I study, and the more I go to YouTube, and find out how to use iPhone 6 Plus, it tells me everything. How do you tell Siri to do And then some guy will tell me, this is how you do it. Right? I mean, it's, 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 it's off the charts. But do you know, you know where they got this technology from? Or any other technology that you can't understand? From him. And most of them don't even give him the credit for it. But that's where they got it from him. Because nothing comes in life except from him. Nothing. So why would we put our eyes and our heart anywhere else than what he's building? Somebody said, well, yeah, I just want to get close to God. Well, if you want to get close to somebody, you've got to have their heart, right? Well, his heart is forever in the house, which is the church, which is his body. Right? So if I want to get closer to God, I've got to be in church. 
I've got to be connected to the pillar of truth. I've got, and it doesn't make sense. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, the church can't teach me this. No, no, no. The church may not be able to teach you the mechanics of some of the things that you do, but it'll give you the wisdom to not be destroyed by it. And that's what a lot of people don't have. A lot of people don't have the wisdom to take the knowledge they get from other places to apply it in a right way. That's why you need the church. Can you say amen? First family. <clears throat> First family. And, and, and I, I, I want to say this before I go to the second one. <clears throat> Give me Isaiah 40 and 31. L let me have that in the Amplified. Um. The word church means gathering. It's defined as gathering. And in Isaiah 40, as I was studying this, I heard this said years ago, and I thought, hey, I don't know, that's a little stretch, but as I studied it in some of my books, that I, in my study books in Hebrew, that's exactly what it means. It says, but those who wait for the Lord, who expect and look for and hope in Him, in other words, those, everybody say those. As the church gathers... The, the word wait there is to gather, to come together. Those that come together and gather, watch this. Those that plant themselves in the church shall change and renew their strength and power, and they shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles, mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. Those that gather. Jesus said, I'm building my church. I'm building my gathering of people that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. So in other words, so other words when, when you, you don't have expectation and you feel drained, you know, the enemy will tell you, you know, man, you've had, you've, had a, you've had it rough for a while. You just need to stay away from church. What is the church? Church isn't just a, it's not just a group of people. It's not just a group, okay? It's a gathering of people that are receiving the word and growing together, and any two agree is touching anything that they ask, it's done and accomplished. That's what the, that's what the gathering is. And, and so he said, those that gather shall renew their strength. Listen, if, I, if I'm down, I need more church. If something's coming and trying to wear me down, I need more connection to church life because of the word, because the church... The house is the church, which is the pillar of truth. See, it's the truth that comes from the church. The world never taught me faith. Where did I learn faith? The church, right? The church, the world never taught me unselfishness. Never. The church taught me how to be unselfish. The church, the, the world never taught me how to overcome in situations through the power of the word, the church taught me this because it's the pillar of truth. And this is what you and I need to renew our strength to be built up and strong the way God created us to be. That, that is what we have to believe in so that our actions follow. Can you say amen? Second family is the serving family. <clears throat> Jesus said that the greatest, the greatest leaders are the greatest servants. The greatest leaders are the greatest servants. That's, G Jesus said that. And you and I, in this serving world, in the same way 
that we're talking about just the church, but serving in the church, it, it, if we don't believe in it, then our mind starts telling us things like this. Well, why should I spend time serving and doing something in the house here when I've got things I need to do for myself? Now, now, now hear me. See, I'm telling you things like this because nobody else is going to tell you this. Actually, today, I'm just really talking to you from my heart. And what does that mean? In my heart is who I am as a result of my journey. So what I'm doing is I'm talking to you today about the journey that I've been on, that my wife and I have been on through the years. I'm sharing with you things that worked for us and have worked for us and continue to work because we believe it. So if you struggle in certain areas right here, don't get under condemnation or pressure or any kind of thing. I'm not, I'm not talking about this to try to get you to serve. Did you hear me? I'm not, trying to, I'm not preaching this to try to get you to serve. Well, this church isn't serving. We need to preach a serving message. No, that'll never do it. That'll never do it. I'm telling you what the Word says. You say, you know, I, I desire to be a great leader. Greatest leaders are greatest servants. That didn't make sense to me. I mean, if, I, if I'd have written the Bible, I wouldn't have said that. Huh? Greatest leaders are those who have the right kind of personality and they do this and they do it this way. No, greatest leaders are the greatest servants. So when you learn to serve, then you position yourself to be a leader. And when you're not afraid to serve, when you're not afraid to do things that seem to be like beneath you at times, the church taught me that I wasn't all that. See, when I thought I was all that and I didn't need to do those kind of things, well, the church taught me I wasn't all that. And, I, and now I, I want to serve. I, I've got I've to stop myself at times from serving because you can serve in the flesh and it not produce. Today, I, I, I've, I, I'm, I'm a servant at heart because the church taught me to be that. See, before I was born again, I was just about Bert. What can you do for me? Today, what can I do to advance the kingdom? How can I help people and do things and sow into people's lives and be there for people? What can I do led by the Spirit of God? It's not everybody, and, it's not, and at times it's not even situations that seem to be the right ones. But it's what God leads you to do. And the more you're, you develop your ability to hear from God and then you follow through with it, you become that servant that is in a position to be the greatest leader. Number three, the giving family. <clears throat> and you know, last week we read several of these and today we're talking about, this is a, a message regarding provision for the house and the importance of it. The Apostle Paul and, and in, in several different times in Scripture, there was the, 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 the writer alluded to this very fact. The Apostle Paul said this in Philippians 4. He said, I don't seek the gift itself. I seek the profit that increases to your account. See, so often when I was first born again and I would go to church after I'd gotten born again and they would talk about money, they would just be this thing that would get on me. It was like, okay, let's get back to the music or the, you know, preach a good word about something. Don't talk about the money. 
And, and so, you know, I actually, for the first year or so before I left home, um, I was around somebody that didn't really like to talk about money. They were intimidated by it. And through the years, I've realized that when you talk about, some, when you talk about money, it becomes a personal thing. It, it, it comes home to people, you know. And why would you or anybody else give something to something when you have needs and that money could go to meeting every one of your needs? Why would you do that? In the natural, it doesn't seem right. But when you, when you read the, 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 the scriptures, the Bible talks more about giving and money than it talks about anything else, anything else. I said anything else, any other topic. It talks about money and giving more than anything else. And, and I heard people say that years ago, so I did a study for myself to make sure it was true, and it's absolutely true. And, and, and actually, it's, it's like money and giving are up here, and the next category is about down here. It's just all through the Bible. So think about a number of scriptures that we've talked about over the next last couple of months, I'm sure. <laughs> but think of a couple scriptures. In Luke 6.38, it says, give. And in that passage of scripture, it was talking about a number of things. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. You know, um, uh, earlier on in that passage of scripture, it said, love your enemies and do good to them. What? to kill my enemies, right? I mean, that, that's the, somebody that's an enemy or somebody that's done me wrong, love them? No, I want to strangle them, right? You want to take people out when they've done things or hurt you or whatever. And in that same passage, right at the end of what he was talking about right here, he says this, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men and opportunities. One translation said opportunities will come your way. Give. In the Old Testament, when we read it last week or the last two weeks, in the Old Testament, when they went to build the house, the temple of God, it says that the, the, there's a number of different places where, where money was, where offerings were brought to build the temple. In David's case, David paid for it all. There were millions in, in, in the savings, and the people still gave millions and billions, if you if you translate it down to today's time, they still gave because it was in their heart to give. They knew that David had already paid for it. They knew a check was already written out, in other words, and it's already taken care of. But they gave anyway because it was in their heart to give. See, God's heart is in his house. And there's a passage of scripture that we read a little bit last week, but I'm going to talk to you about it again just at the end of my message right now. And, 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 and we'll read it in a moment. But, but understanding that God created you and I to be wealthy is something that the church in years past wouldn't teach. But today I'm telling you that it's God that is wanting his economy to control your life. Because there, there's a truth in a passage that I'm going to read right now. And this truth is this. You cannot serve God and money. You can serve God and have money, but money can't be your God. It can't be your motivation. It can't be what you're ruled to have and to do. It can't be about money. And if it's about money, if it's about money, there has to be a change. 
See? Because God will not share your heart with the money God. He won't share it. He wants all your heart. And to do that, we have to get money in a right perspective. And what it did for my wife and I when we started out is when we begin to be tithers and we begin to sow seed and sow in different directions, it began, it began to free us up of putting our confidence in money. Now, nowhere in Scripture does it say that you and I are not supposed to invest in, in the world, in the things of the world. But first and foremost, we have to learn how to invest into the kingdom. Yeah, have your investments. Do all the things that you... That, I mean, there's, the, the Bible is very clear that if we're not investing in good investments in the earth, we're fools. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. You know, not, I didn't say that if you're not investing. I'm saying that's what the Bible says. Invest in good investments. Not just in any investment that somebody tells you is a good deal. Do your research. But the same way with the kingdom of God. Do your research in the word and sow into the kingdom. My wife mentioned the verse of scripture that I'm going to mention. And, and you know, you, you can't serve God and money. And God wants you and I to understand this family of giving within the church is what builds the church and it advances the church. And, and when we advance the church, there's an exchange involved and God makes sure that our houses are built. You see? Our lives are built. Our businesses, our, our futures are built. And that's why we took a whole month to give you an opportunity to make a decision to sow into the advancement of this house. And we've talked about uh, for the last couple of weeks that we're going we're gonna to dress up and change some things in the front of our property when you first drive in. Where there's not just one entrance, there'll be an entrance and an exit there and a, and a fence and a, and a couple of gates and a new sign and, and just it's just going to look a lot better. And that's, that we feel like it's important that purple's, people's first impression of when they drive on our property is a, is a good one. And right now, with a big pile of dirt out there with grass growing on it, is not the best. I'm just telling you. I mean, I, I, you know, okay, whatever. We, we, we're, we're where we're at, but we're making things better. We're giving you an opportunity to sow into that if you believe in it. So, in, in this verse, in Matthew 6, in this verse, I want you to see something. Matthew 6 and verse 19. Again, my wife read it this morning, so I'm just working on, the, on her coattails. This is, what God, this is what God spoke to me years ago, and I'm, I'm telling you this today. Verse 19 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And again, because there's so many different scriptures about investing, he's not talking about not investing. But he says in verse 20, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, and this is the verse of scripture that just like, penetrated my heart years ago for where your treasure is 
there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And this is what I wrote down today. God's heart is in his house. And when my money is invested in his house, my heart will be there also. When my money is invested in his house, in what he's doing, my heart will be there also. You can't serve God and and, and money. And where your treasure is, there is your heart. If there's any one specific thing in life that I, I mean, that I'm grateful for, I mean, there, there's not one, but this, this one is, is huge. That I have absolutely today, because of what God's taught me through his word, what the church taught me, is I have absolutely no fear of the future financially. There's no fear in me in a financial way. Because, because, number one, I'm a tither, but because I've got seed in the ground. And, and the seed that's in, a, in the ground is not seed in the natural ground where moths or where, you know, insects or whatever can go and eat away at those kind of things. Where moth and rust destroy or where thieves break in and steal. You can't steal the seed that I've sown and the harvest that is, is there and is available for me. See, God said, as long as heaven and earth is intact, so is seed time and harvest time. So see, if I've sown a seed into heavenly things, then I have heavenly return when I need it and when it's available, when I need it available. I, I have, in other words, I have an account that I can draw from if you, if you take that literally right there. So there's natural things that we can sow into and, and you know, you can, you look for good, good returns, you know, and I, I think, you know, a good return today in, in a lot of financial institutions is two and three Maybe 4%, you know, is a good interest return. But the Bible talks about 100-fold. <laughs> and not just 100 times, but the optimum yield to what you sow into. When you sow, you receive to sow. And when you understand that, that's available to us if you believe it. Not just because I said it, but if you believe it. I'm going to say it again. Not just because I said that. Not just because God wrote that, it's true, and it's settled because God said it is, but not just because not just because I said it or because he said it, it's because you take what is said and you embrace that and receive it, and it changes your mindset, it changes the way you act about it, and it changes your obedience. So if you believe that, and all month long, we give you the opportunity to, or whenever, to, you know, all this month to sow into this offering if it's, if it's your desire. We just want you to have a good and a great opportunity to sow into what we believe is good ground. We believe Gates of the City is good ground. It's part of what God is building. And we want you to be able to sow where God's heart is. And when you sow and you release things out of obedience to God, it causes your heart to be there also. And you know what happens? When you release your heart in giving, it releases your heart in serving, and it releases, it releases your heart in everything else because you realize you can't outgive and you cannot outserve God. <laughs> 
yeah, but I've already done all this. Yeah, but, but you can't, you, you, you can't outserve. You can't outdo. And listen, listen, don't look at the next person and say, well, you know, at least I'm doing more than so-and-so. And it's not about doing more. It's not about what you're doing. It's the fact that you're doing it out of obedience because you believe it. Did you hear me? Huh? And I, and I, 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 and I tell you that the key, and I, I, remember, I'm, I'm speaking to you from my heart. Is that all right? Is that all right? I'm just telling you from my heart, okay? That's what changed me. What changed me is becoming a giver because I believe it. It changed me. It changed. Actually, my wife was already changed, and she, she was kind of pulling me along. This is years ago. She was kind of pulling me along into believing that, you know? And it just came to a place where I had to choose to believe it myself. And when I believed that, it changed everything about how I saw the church, the house of God, and what God was doing in the earth, the, the advancement of the kingdom. When I became a giver because I want to be. See, you, you, you can manipulate me all day long to try to get something out of me, and I, I can't give in that direction. But I can give where there's a need. I can give when I believe in someone else. I can give out of obedience to God about a specific thing. But I can also give into somebody, and I've heard God tell me to do this. I can give into somebody that doesn't need it. Just because God said. See, it's not just because there's a need. See, a lot of times when we're in a need, we got there because some things need to be adjusted. And you give into that because you feel bad, just feel bad for somebody you can enable that person to get worse. And the Bible's real clear about that. But giving is what established something in me because my heart got closer to God. And all the time, in, in the offering personally that we're sowing into provision for the house, that my wife and I are sowing, our heart is in it. You understand? We're doing it because... It's what God said, and it's establishing things. I, I mean, after all the years that we've been saved and all the seed that we have sown, I mean, I get excited every time I sow a seed. I'm more excited about sowing a seed than reaping a harvest, literally. I, 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 and, and I'm telling you, there was a day when I didn't feel that way at all. Hmm? What can you do to give to me? You know, I mean, I, years ago when I was first born again, I mean, I, I needed help and I needed somebody to feel bad for me and, and all those kind of things, you know. And I had that mentality for years or for a while until I realized what the scripture said that didn't make sense to my mind, but he said it, more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, that doesn't sound good at all. Huh? That sounds like they had a bad hair day when they were writing that one out, Right? More blessed to give than it is to receive when you understand it. So, I'm leaving you, I'm repeating this, but I'm leaving you with today with this thought. <clears throat> As you purpose and you think through in yourself, even the whole month, you know, take the whole month to think things through and to ask God or whatever. But as you, as you meditate on it, and your actions are not quick to want to do something that would move you. See, if, if my offering doesn't move me, it's probably not moving God, right? I, I want something that is moving me. I want something that is stretching me a little bit. 
I want to do something outside of my comfort zone. And, and when you do that, when you, when you step out in that way, it causes things in you to change. Your actions will change. But what, what's that going to do for the future? The future will hold you doing even more and being challenged even more to see the kingdom of God advanced. And as, as I'm advancing the kingdom and I'm believing in advancing the kingdom, it changes my actions and it causes my obedience to be fulfilled. I mean, and to where I obey because I love God, not for any other reason. Can you say amen? Why? Because my heart becomes more and more connected to God. See, if I don't obey some of the things that I'm talking about today, if I don't become part of the family of giving or part of the family of serving, if I don't step out and do some of those things, if you've, if you've never done them or even if you're doing them and you're stretched in it, if you don't step out and stay obedient and do what God tells you to do, you'll never find out what's on the other side. And that's why... I chose to give you this information and give you the opportunity to do this and be a part of what we're doing at Gates of the City. Can you say amen?